when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of STT Rewind. I'm your host, Owen Hughes, editor of SetTheTape.com, and I'm joined, as ever, by Set The Tape writer, Steve Norman, coming out one day early ahead of the World Cup semi-final. We're switching the running order around ever so slightly this week for a bumper TV section, which is up first. Steve and I continue to be in the grip of World Cup fever and take a look at TV ratings and the race to be the biggest terrestrial broadcaster. In part two, we return to our trusty film topic to ponder the Ant-Man and the Wasp opening in America as filming on Captain Marvel wraps. Matt Latham's cassette tape finds a quirky non-gig story for you to stroke your chin at, while Freeplay is in a podcast groove. Now, let's get on with the show. I'm switching the order around on the podcast this week because I just can't not talk about the football, Steve. Yeah. Or more specifically, the so-called ratings war between ITV and BBC, which we'll get on to lately. I think, first of all, I've got to make two apologies, though. Firstly, uh, I'm sorry if you hear background noise. We've got the windows open. We are in the midst of a heat wave in the UK. Yes, for our, our foreign listeners, it's 18 degrees and we can't cope. <laughs> We've had to take our coats yeah. off. Um, so I'm, wearing, I'm currently we... wearing a cardigan and that's about... Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like 30 degrees. It's mental. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so we've got the windows open, so apologies if you hear any background noise, but I can't do it with the windows closed. I will cook in this room. Um, and secondly, I'm also sorry to anybody who's listening and who is sick of the World Cup. Uh, but my God, I've, I've, I'm so bloody excited I, I won't make any apologies for the non-football fans listening um, because <laughs> it has only happened once in my life, well, once in my memory that I've been yeah. able to get really excited about the England football team and not hate certain members of our squad, even though I'm supporting them. It happened once... Euro 96, I was nine. Yeah. I was three in Italian 90. I can't remember it. Um, mm -hmm. So this is like a weird experience. I said to a friend the other day after we left the 
pub where we usually watch England games in tournaments. I said, how many times have we stood out side here after a quarter final or a group stage or a round of 16 stage of a tournament? Utterly disappointed. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just it just doesn't make any sense, does no. it? But, no, but, er, but as well as that, no one, no one expected England to get to the semi-final. Um, no. the, 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 we're playing well, not great, but we're playing well. And mm-hmm. also, they just seem likeable. They just seem like a no... Yes, they're paid far too much money for the job they do, blah, blah, blah. Yes, there's people who do other jobs that are much harder, who should probably be paid mm-hmm. uh, more than what a footballer's paid. Yes, we get that. But all of these lot just seem like nice people. Not when we've had... I'm not going to name names, but there's certain people that have been in England squads before, and I can't swear because this isn't failed critics, it's set the tape, but there are... <laughs> People who players who have been in England squads before who have been great footballers, perhaps even world class footballers, perhaps even better than the footballers that are in in this current setup, but who have just yeah. been not very pleasant human beings. Mm. To be a professional footballer, you probably do have a bit of an ego. I play with people in the level I play at who've got a bit of an ego, um, <laughs> you know, but they, they probably do have a bit of an ego. There's probably there are they are some of them are quite cocky and confident. You'd expect that in the, the job that they do. But they just seem quite likable, quite level-headed, mm-hmm. no massive egos, no real arrogance about them. Um, uh, and the, the manager just seems like a fantastic person who's not an FA yes man, as I must admit, I thought he was when he got the job. Mm, quite. Yes. But to, to bring this back to what we normally do in Set the Tape, which is we have a TV section. Um, and I think what's probably quite interesting to talk about with the, the World Cup from a, perhaps a slightly different non-sports-focused perspective, if we bring this into to talking about TV, it's this, this idea of the ratings war that both ITV and BBC are going for. Because, you know, it's the age-old battle between the two big British terrestrial television pro- providers, the BBC and ITV. Mm. You know, Sky Sports, BT Sport, um, ESPN, Eurosport. Yeah. And Free Sports, Satanta Sports, you know, they don't get a look in at the no, World it's, Cup. it's purely BBC and ITV. There's a, a list of sporting events that in the UK have to be shown on, on free to air television. Yeah. Um, and the World Cup is one of them. Channel 4 have never seemed to get a look in, whether they've bid before or not. Channel 5 probably can't afford to, let's be honest, without being too mm-hmm. derogatory to the people at Channel 5. I actually quite like Channel 5's news programme. Okay. I think they do quite a good job with their news programme. But anyway, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. They, they, they're not on the same... Their championship coverage is pretty good. Yeah. I like their football league coverage. Yeah. They do a much, much, much better job at it than ITV yeah. um, in that regard. But yes, they're not going to get the the big... Uh, or even like they're not going to get Formula One. No. They're not going to get, you know, um, the, the Olympics. Yeah. They, 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 they've got what they've yeah. got and they do just, quite just, well with it, I think. Just out, just out of uh, back to what I was talking to about the list of events. So there's an Ofcom code for sports and listed designated events. Uh, category mm-hmm. A, which are events that have, must have live coverage made available to free to air channels, although pay per view networks may share live coverage are in football you've got the world cup european championships all matches not just england games the fa cup final that applies to the women's game as well the scottish cup final scotland only um and the women's world cup and european championships you've got the grand national and the epsom derby 
Rugby League Challenge final, uh, the World Rugby Union World Cup final. So interestingly enough, with the World Cup in Rugby Union, every other game could be on pay-per-view only. The World Cup mm-hmm. final for Rugby Union has to be shown on free-to-air TV. Wimbledon Tennis Championships, Olympic Games, Paralympics, and the British Grand Prix. So only um, the British Grand Prix in Formula One has to be shown. Um, mm-hmm. See, so, so like with all those things... Um, you, you, it has happened in the past. It doesn't. I don't think it happens anymore. Um, but you used to get simulcasts, basically, where two um, TV networks, TV channels, would both broadcast the same it, event. At the it will same happen time. with the World Cup final, I believe. It with the okay, just the final. Yes, because yeah. I, I, I think, I think it's something to do with if England were to get to the World Cup final, it's un, it, it's sort of deemed unfair for one broadcaster to ha- be able to show sure. show it than the other i think i think if the i think the world cup final will be shown on itv and bbc certainly if england get there um mm-hmm. okay well that makes sense because what's happening at the moment is both team uh, both teams <laughs> uh, just saying like fabian delph then talk about them as a machine yeah um yeah both uh broadcasters both networks um, they are boasting a little bit about their viewing figures. So according to the Radio Times, 23.6 million viewers tuned in to ITV to watch England beat but The, the interesting thing with, with this, the, the, the viewing figures is, it's yeah. not taking into account how many people might be in a pub or a bar or one, or one right. of these big outside yeah. screens. I suppose it's... I don't know how they do it. Are they, is, are they count? You know, are they seeing who's who's tuning in in the in a pub? So say the uh, the, the Red Lion, and that's counting as one viewer because they're not they don't know how many people are in there, or are they just excluding all sort of pubs that might be showing it, and it's just household viewers? Well, it used to be. I don't know how it works anymore with ratings because we are in a digital age. Mm. I'm sure it's much more sophisticated now. It used to be a long time ago that some TVs would have like a receptor, a receiver in there that would basically count towards the viewing figure. So not they wouldn't know exactly how many people everywhere were watching a certain thing, but they would know an average based on the figures that came in from these particular sets of... They could say, well, we estimate that there are this many people watching. Mm. I mean, But I don't know whether that's no. different now with no. digital. But any, anyway, we've got the, the fact that people are watching it on big outdoor screens or, um, yeah. or in pubs or even big groups of people around a friend's house. But 20-odd million people watching, that's a third of the UK population. It's a third, yeah. yeah. So there's a, a there's, third there's, of households. There's a minimum of a third of the people in the UK watching these games, which is phenomenal. Yeah, and also... You, you, like, you need com- Peggy Mitchell to die to get those kind of figures anywhere else. <laughs> well, yeah, possibly. But you've got like 23.6 million viewers tuning into ITV midweek. Yeah. Remember, this wasn't a weekend, this was midweek. Yeah. 19 million, more than 19 million, closer to 20 million, tuned in to BBC's coverage to watch England beat Sweden and reach the semi-final. Yeah, with it being um, a Saturday... The viewing figures are lower because more people are out to watch it on the Saturday. Also, the game was a, a bigger game. It's one step further. It's a quarter final, not a second round match. So, more pe- because of the atmosphere, you want more people are likely to go out and watch a game. So, there's going to be more people in the pubs watching it. 
um, or, or outdoor screens or whatever watching it. So that's going to reduce the people who are uh, the viewing figures that you'll get for like television. So, you know, you know what we were just talking about. Yeah. I think, you know, Wednesday, a Wednesday night game, it's still a school night. People have still got work the next day. So they might not want to mm-hmm. go to the pub to watch it. They think, no, I'm going to, it's, it's a, it's a right. round of 16 game. Uh, sorry, no. So yeah, a round of 16 game and England have disappointed us so many times before. Plus I've got to get up for work in the morning. I'm not going to go to the pub. I'm not going to go out to watch it. I'm going to watch, <laughs> I'm going to watch it at home. Saturday, Saturday yeah. it's, I've not got work the next day. It's a quarter final. We're actually playing quite well. I'm actually getting mm-hmm. the hype now. I'm getting excited. I'm getting on the bandwagon. I'm going out to watch this. Getting on the bandwagon or getting on top of the ambulance? Well, yeah, and to jump that's a different. That's a different debate altogether, or a different story altogether. But you know what I mean? It's a Saturday. It's mm-hmm. a Saturday. It's an earlier kickoff because the Columbia game was a seven o'clock kickoff. The the Tweeding game was three o'clock. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, it's all those different factors which mean more people were probably out watching it on Saturday, which meant the people there was less people watching at home, which perhaps affected yeah. the, the viewing figures that way. But there may well have been I also, more people watching uh, yeah. it. I also think there's something a bit odd about boasting about like viewing figures. It's a captive audience. Mm. You know, of course the viewing yeah. figures are gonna be so high. It's nothing to do with the quality of the broadcaster. It's not like EastEnders competing against Corey. They could have Adrian Childs hosting yeah. again basically yeah. and they'd still hit twenty million. Right. Nobody is not watching it because of the coverage. Nobody, no, nobody is looking for. Oh, England are playing a night quarter final of the World Cup. I'm going to watch that. Oh, it's on ITV. I can't stand Martin O'Neill. I'm not going to bother watching. That's not. That's yeah. not happening anywhere. That was to just pluck a name at random. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just yeah. to pluck a name okay. out of the hat. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think because we're slightly running over on this section, so I just want to wrap up quite quickly. But um, let's say. England beat Croatia. Yeah. Let's just say it happened, right? Okay. And we're into the final and we're playing Belgium or France. And you're, you get to Sunday afternoon and you go, right, we have to make a decision. Which channel are we going to watch this on? Who are you going to pick based on what you've seen from both channels? I would probably go for BBC. One, there's no adverts. So you get Mm -hmm. more coverage. Um, the advert, obviously, ITV. They have adverts. You know that people know that. That's what ITV do. That's fine. But especially when it's half time, and you toilet break. Though, yeah, but it? I mean, that's if you, if, you, if you're looking for a bit of analysis at half time, ITV have a lot less because they've got to get two ad breaks in. Um, I actually like Rio Ferdinand as a pundit. He seems to be quite honest. He seems to be a good pundit. Shearer isn't actually as miserable as what he makes out, and he's quite good. And Lineker, I think he's a good, very good host. Um, ITV, I just don't like quite as much. Um, mm. I've got, I see. I have stuck up for ITV's pundits in the. I've liked the people they put in. I like Lee Dixon. I think Lee Dixon's great. Yeah, Ian Ian Wright's been Ian Wright's been fantastic. Now he's he's basically embodying mm. the enthusiasm, isn't he? Ian he just seemed to be the, the, the class clown. Um, now he's a bit now yeah, now, now, a he's, bit now he's a bit more serious, and he gives mm. some good actual good punditry but he is still that excitable person he's genuinely excited about the football and the england team but he's not he's yeah. not there just for people to laugh at anymore no and i quite like slevin bilic as well I, he's a bit chummy and he's a bit matey but i kind of yeah. i think it works in in the, what they've got I mean, going. Ga- gary neville who's come over from sky is obviously very good very negative though because i don't have sky sports so all i hear about is gary neville's a great pundit and commentator yeah and, I think he's just really miserable. I can't, I've never heard someone be, apart from Mark Lawrence and perhaps. Ryan Giggs is terrible. 
But I'll tell you what has impressed, and this, is, this has been brought up ages ago, the two women in England, female in England yes. internationals, um, or former internationals, uh, Enya Luke, I don't quite know what's going on, but she seems to be very good at football and not get picked for England. Maybe that will change now the other guy's gone and Phil Neville's in. And Alex mm. Scott on the other chat. They they have... Um, been great. Yeah, they've been fantastic. <laughs> what, I think, yeah. what I think a lot of it is, is they've, they know they're going to have to be good to sort of... It's a shame that we're in this the situation where if they were not good at it, they would probably be ridiculed and people would be going, why is, this, why is there a woman in there? This is the Men's World Cup. It's not my opinion, but it's the opinion that many people would have. Whether that's right or wrong, it's probably wrong. Well, I think it's wrong. That, yeah. <laughs> yes, but that's, but that's the opinion many people, especially football fans, would have. <clears throat> and they are probably aware of that themselves because they seem like quite switched on people, quite intelligent people. They, they've gone out there and they've really done their research. They've really looked at the teams that they're covering um, in whatever games they've been or whatever programmes they've been doing. So whether they've been doing a pre-match programme, uh, a live commentary, uh, you know, in the studio for a game, they seem to have really done their research mm-hmm. on... And they actually seem quite well-versed in what they're talking about. Obviously, they've played football to a very high level themselves, so they can capable of talking about football itself and how the game is played. But they seem to have really put them put the put the yards into to uh research their what who they're talking about the players the teams they're talking about yeah, yeah no i agree i think they've both been a breath of fresh air actually um it it's it's quite nice having pundits who've taken not just read the sort of bible that the the uh pundits all get given who go to these things uh you know all the sports journalists get given a, a hefty 700 page book with information and stats about each of the teams and players mm. they seem to have actually researched further than that i mean there's always the argument it's the same thing like it came up when john terry your favorite player of course um when he oh don't get me, don't get me wrong fantastic footballer yeah but when he had to go at robbie savage saying well why should i listen to what robbie savage has to say about the game he's never yeah. played at an elite level but yeah. it that's that's the argument that's being leveled at some of these um female ex-pros or current pros but at the same time if you actually stop and listen to them they're very sensible very insightful and they completely dismiss that notion that oh yeah well i mean yeah but going back to um going back to that notion of things i think it was um marcelo no it it was one of the old italy coaches i can't remember who it was but he never had a professional football career as a player um and but he was a fantastic manager well jo- jose Mourinho is an example of that you know he didn't have a he was a semi-pro goalkeeper was he yeah uh, i think it was i think it was um yeah it was arrigo Sacchi. so he's one of the best managers of all time fantastic football manager barely had a playing career um, and somebody sort of questioned that once. He said, I never realised that in order to become a jockey, you had to be in a horse first. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he won He won Serie A with Milan. He won. Uh, he was runner-up with Italy at 94 World Cup. He won a lot, and that yeah. was kind of his you know, great coach, and that was what he... What, he never played the, a football professionally. And that's, So it kind of sums it up, really, that you don't have to play or done anything to an elite level to be able to talk about it. In the film section of the podcast this week, I thought it would be a good idea to look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Brie Larson recently tweeted a picture of a calendar and a movie clapperboard to indicate that filming has wrapped 
on Captain Marvel, which will be the next MCU movie after Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, which is already out in America. In fact, speaking of, according to Callum's, uh, that's Callum Petch, writer for setthetape.com, according to Callum's US box office report on the website, the sequel opened to $76 million this past weekend. Um, is this a good state of affairs? I mean, I can give you a bit of context around that if you want, Steve. Twenty, It's $20 million more than Ant-Man, which was previously their lowest ever opening weekend. Now, one of the... Uh, I In fact, Callum points this out himself, uh, rather tongue-in-cheek. You know, he posits that... Is it because it's Marvel's first proper female-led film or co-led film? Um, you know, Wasp, which is Evangeline Lilly's character, is in the title of this movie and it's worryingly low for an opening weekend. And of course, oh. you know, we've got pointing towards Captain Marvel coming soon. Should we be concerned that there's a... Uh, I, um, teetering around the word misogyny here? Uh, what do you think? Is it reading too much into it, maybe? It could, it could be many things, mm -hmm. let's be honest. I think the reason it's not done as well as it perhaps would have liked isn't because it's female-led or female-co-led, um, because I just think from the way other things are going at the moment, that's probably not the case. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like in America in terms of what people get up to in the summer, but it's the summer. People go on holiday, people... I know you get summer blockbusters, it's a thing, but as well as that, you know, we saw with, with Solo, that didn't do as well as the box office as what uh, people expected or predicted or would have liked. But and what happened a, with that, that was, obviously, there was a reaction to that from Disney, who are pretty much canning the idea of doing expanded extra non-Skywalker Star Wars properties, right? I mean, they're reining that in. They're, they're certainly rethinking it, aren't they? They've cancelled a lot of what was in the pipeline and everything. So so do you think yeah. they might make the connection here that, well, it's because it's got a woman in the title? I, they're I going for a it... very geeky market, right? And as, it, as horrible sometimes as it is to think of it, I mean, there is a, an inherent misogyny around comic book nerds you know i'm not saying it's all of them the writers certainly don't seem to be that way or the ones that i read anyway and the community and the people i engage with don't think that way um but you know then it's it's long been a joke hasn't it i mean comic book guy in the simpsons the old joke was that he was you know he didn't know how to talk to women uh, mm. and you know i i have seen that kind of thing where a woman walks into a, into a little comic book shop and some of the the male nerds in there don't know how to react or treat her as a bit weird or odd so yeah, is, but is I, don't, that, I, I, do I don't think it i don't think it's that that's i mean perhaps it's even you no know, uh come down from infinity war people are just sort of like you know how's it going to top infinity war i don't i'm not that fussed about it and that's not because it's yeah. female co-led it's not because it's a bad film it's not because they don't like the character it's just like could be it could be because it's Ant Man. <laughs> it could be a many it could be many things. It could be a combination of many things. I don't think the sole reason is because um it's Ant Man and the Wasp rather than Ant Man Two. Let's look at the positive side of it. It's made twenty million more than what Ant Man did. Yes, yeah, but so, so people obviously like the character. Mm. Uh, or characters. 
Very positive outlook, Steve. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in another 20 years' time, if we have another Ant-Man film, it might make another 40 million. And it just shows that people are liking that character more and more. Yeah, I think that's that's how I would feel about it as well. I, the, my worry is that Marvel probably wouldn't... If I made the film, I'd be thinking about it that way. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> if, I was try, if I was trying to save my job at Marvel, that's the way yeah. I'd be pitching it. Well, yes. I mean, the other thing to point to, of course, is that uh, Wonder Woman was fantastic. That was a great yeah. film, received very well. And uh, it's opening weekend. Bear in mind, this isn't a Marvel Cinematic Universe film. This is DC. This is separate um, in a, a cinematic universe that has been critically panned from the get-go. Wonder Woman's opening weekend was $103 million. Mm. So, and that is, that's even got the word woman in the title, Steve. It's got woman there, in, right in the name. And yet that's still made over $100 million. Yeah. So... You know, it's um, I don't I think you could read too much into it. The the, the worry is that Marvel might do that or Disney might do that. Um, if it, I mean, yeah. the only way for sure we would have known if it was because it's a female co-led film if they called it Ant Man and Wasp Woman, <laughs> and then and then and then we'd know for sure. Maybe they'll they'll do that for the UK market. Yeah, we can but hope. But next up on the podcast is Matt Latham's cassette tape with some on again. Off again, never really on at all music news. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. (laughs) 
Be kind, rewind. It's the cassette's hype with me, Matt Latham. When is a gig not a gig? They give this philosophical opening statement, but you'd expect a gig to have an audience, sometimes, a promoter, a venue, and a band. In the last few days since the time of recording, there was a gig announcement that turned out to be a hoax. Friday evening, the Camden venue Dingwalls released a tweet announcing that the band Venison were playing a one-off show at the venue at 10.30pm the next day for £25 a ticket. A poster showcased the band's name in a style that was very similar to another well-known band. Tickets were only available on the door between 12 and 2 on the day. Venison was the name that the Strokes used for a one-off gig in London in 2010, but split up to maintain a 100% record of sold-out gigs. It was, in fact, just like a warm-up comeback gig. The tweet has now gone from Dingwall's Twitter feed, and apparently it turned out that it was some ex-management that were recently let go that just posted the old poster from eight years ago. It still led to 500 fans queuing up outside the venue since 6am in what is the most blistering heat the UK has seen since forever. The venue had to then tell them it was cancelled in person due to a hoax. It's not been fully revealed how it ended up on the official Dingwall's account, but I do fail to understand how it took so long for someone to realise it was a hoax. I guess the lesson here is to always keep an eye on who has the access to the social media feeds. Fast forward and what's coming up in the next two weeks in terms of new music. Well, there's not really much coming up on my radar, really. If you're really interested, All Saints are still going around and they have new music coming out with a new album called Testament, but nothing really jumps out to me as something to keep an eye on. Until next time, this has been The Cassette Tape. I've been your host Matt Latham. Keep listening to music, will you? Thanks to Matt Latham there, but now we're on to uh, free play section. And we're going to talk podcasting because our very own Tony Black was at the Birmingham Podcast Festival on Sunday. Uh, he did a live show on stage uh, for his um, The X-Cast podcast. And he was there with Carl Sweeney, also a writer at setthetape.com. Um, and Tony will be podcasting for 24 hours straight, not for Set the Tape Rewind, but for the Xcast, um, which he's already raised £200 for, for the Alzheimer's Society. Uh, he'll be doing that on the September 1st. So that's a 24-hour podcast that he's doing. You can sponsor him, donate to Alzheimer's Society. Just go to his Just Giving page. If you go to justgiving.com and search for the Xcast Live, or one word, you can find him on there. Steve, you used to be part of a successful podcast, didn't you? I still am. You still, you still are. Oh, very yeah, flattering. Yes. Um, but I am, of course, talking about Born Offside. Not Fail Critics. That didn't amount to anything. Not a hill of beans, but... Born Offside, you, you had quite a career through that. Um, well, that, that wasn't just podcasting, it was the whole blog website and writing side of it as well. But but yeah, the podcast was a big, big part mm. of Born Offside, yeah. Mm. And it got you some sort of career breaks. I think I don't know if people are familiar with Born Offside, because it was a, a little while ago you stopped doing that now. Born Offside probably been dead, so to speak, for five years now. We covered Euro 2012, so about yeah, probably five years. Uh, it was a football... Um, website blog podcast mm -hmm. where um myself and a number of other people um wrote about football um blogged podcasted um about the beautiful game sure where did born offside come from i know this but people it, listening it came, might not it, get the it, reference it came from uh what well, the name the name mean? yeah literally born the offside name. 
Um, it was a name. It was a uh, a quote attributed to Alex Ferguson about uh, Pippo Inzaghi, who was a player who was apparently born offside because he mm-hmm. was offside so many times, and that's where the name come from. I can't remember what other names were banded around now when we were forming it. I'm sure there were some absolute stinkers, <laughs> um, but that's the one we went with. Yeah, it's a great name. It is a great t- yeah. You got some quite decent swag out of it. You were telling me earlier. Yeah, well, I mean, as well as it leading to a bit of paid work, um, freelancing, sports writing work, which is a way, not for Born Offside, mm-hmm. but elsewhere, it led to that. Yeah, we it, it got quite big. It was just a different time for football blogging, where sort of did seem like every man and his wife had a football blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are still going and doing fantastically well, but the industry seems to have changed and there's not as many people doing it now. Um, but it used to be quite a popular thing within football, mm-hmm. um, there were, and and we were doing quite well without being too arrogant, and we would get some free stuff, um, whether it is actual football boots from Adidas, sort of asking us to write a little review on, like product review on them. If Adidas seen who they were sending their boots to, they would have not <laughs> re- reconsidered. <laughs> if they said, if they said to me before you. Um, before we send you these £200 pair of football boots, can you please send us a photograph, your vital statistics and your playing history? They would have taken one look at it and gone, no. <laughs> but, they, but they didn't. Um, so we got you know some free Adidas yeah. Nike football boots, goalkeeper gloves for one of the lads who was a goalkeeper, I think. Um, before, an Eng- before Euro 2012, I got sent a brand new England shirt, a case of Carlsberg and um, some other tat. Um, so, essentially it was tat it was like a football flag and other bits and pieces there's one thing that um, you mentioned just just a minute ago as well which is quite interesting I think people sometimes see like bed, bedroom podcasting I always call it but it's, it's basically people just go into their, their rooms with a microphone that, that's that's what it was essentially yeah. the podcast um, but you said it kind of led to other opportunities right and yeah, I think that maybe yeah. sometimes people uh, some people just do podcasts because they want to do a podcast, which is absolutely fine. That's why we used to do foul critics. You know, there's no intention that that would yeah. lead to No, we, but... we never intended on Born Offside getting us anything mm-hmm. good. It just happened that the, the blog and the podcast was that was quite good, especially when we were at kind of the pinnacle mm-hmm. of what we were doing. And people liked it and it was quite well received. Yeah, but you said you got into like London rates some London radio stations. You... Yeah, I managed to get on a few London radio stations. Other people were sort of guests on sort of, TV shows like guest analysts, pundits, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, we had one guy who managed to get to be uh, pitch side photographer at Republic of Ireland International. Um, yeah, we, it, it was really quite great. Yeah, like the, it sounds it. How, how well we did. And it was just like fail critics and like this, I suppose, people recording it in mm. bed bedrooms, living rooms, whatever. We never... We never met up and recorded a podcast, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was um, yeah, a great experience, really. Um, but you said it, so you've written for some quite notable things off the back of it as well, like notable sort of outlets. Squawker, I think you mentioned. Yeah, which of which I was with when they were at ground level, um, when they started out and um, wrote for them for, for a number of years, actually. Mm. And they've, they've gone on to great things. They're doing fantastically well. Unfortunately, without me, but that's, uh, <laughs> but, but no, they're, they're, doing, they're doing great stuff. I've got a lot of, lot of time for the guys who started that website yeah. um, because they're, they're doing great things now. And it was really quite innovative at the time because it's, if those who don't know, Squawker is 
uh, primarily stats yeah, based. It's, it's all based. They, they they get a lot of their they get all their data from Opta, um, and they create all their or a lot of their output around statistics in football. It's data uh, data well, mining. Certainly did when they start. Yeah, and I, or I certainly did when I started out with them as well, and it was all creating articles around statistics and data from football. Yeah. So it was quite it was quite new and innovative. So Opta were putting out all the stats as they always did, but no one was really creating articles mm-hmm. and opinion pieces around the stats that were being received. Um, so yeah, that, that was great. And I also did work experience with 442 Magazine and managed to get a couple of pieces in, in there um, and various other websites. I did a sort of... Yeah, inter online internship with with goal.com we were quite a big website and got a number of pieces on there uh, a couple of which went end up being you know viewed by many people mm. so yeah it, it was a great experience um really um and a bit of a shame i had to come to the end because i think people from listening to this episode and maybe other ones have realized that i can talk about football far <laughs> more than far more and far intelligently more intelligently and far more comprehensively about football than i can about film and television mm, um maybe and essentially i got onto failed critics which yeah. is where set a tape through from as well somebody said does anybody want to start a podcast and website and and i said I don't really know that much about films, but I do watch a lot of them. What I have done is recorded and edited a podcast for years, and I can write quite well. If you want me, I'll do it. And for some reason, they said yes, and then they <laughs> kept, and then they kept me around. Yeah, and now we've so, still kept you around. But you can't get rid of me. STT rewind. Yes. Yeah, I'm like a virus. You're the the only person who's been on every episode of this so far. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't miss. I didn't miss many episodes of Born Offside or failed critics yeah you are you are nothing if not consistent yeah yeah i'm the player who won't get dropped from the five aside team because he's there every week and you could depend on him you're you're leon osman yeah yeah i i will be there <laughs> i might not do much when i am there yeah but at least i'm there you can depend on me to turn up well ending on a football analogy seems quite fitting yeah. why am i why am i in the football team because i'm willing to drive to games <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of STT Rewind with me, setthetape.com co-editor Owen Hughes and my co-host Steve Norman. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes and Acast by searching for Set The Tape and don't forget to leave us a review and a rating unless you are planning to leave a low rating or bad review, in which case don't otherwise any support you can send the show will make a massive difference to us let us know what you thought on twitter and facebook both at set the tape and why not check out some of our daily articles featured on our website at setthetape.com including our weekly u.s box office reports and join in our box office premier league predictions plus you will be able to find reviews and features on all the latest movies and tv shows thanks for listening to this episode we'll be back again in a fortnight When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.